Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Light the Fight. We're here live on, we called the people from YouTube, told them to get down here to record this. So they're here recording this for us. Thank you everybody from YouTube to bring your production crew down here to film us. And in case, you know, you're really, you're really hard up for things to watch and you're watching this. (laughs) I shouldn't say that. Come on. I'm sorry for. Hey, the, I like to watch I'm sorry my podcast. For like the six-year-old denim shirt that I'm wearing. That it's just a comfort shirt tonight. I just needed a comfort shirt. So, I, it's not really about fashion. This video series that we're doing here, not a fashion show. Wait, I'm not gonna Maybe let you. It is for David. I'm not like I'm not gonna let you steal the thunder on the fashion police <laughs> faux pas because you're looking on Utah. I mean, on Utah, on YouTube right now. We are in Utah. But you're looking at the bonnet, the Donnie Bonaducci version of me right now. <laughs> I got my slick back hair. I look like a low budget extra for a mafia movie from the 80s. And that was the look I'm going for. So my, my wife, it's not making her happy today. When on the way over, she's like, do you have a haircut appointment for this week? Oh, and I was like, yes. As a matter of fact, I do. She's like, yeah, she's not really down with, with me at the long slick back hair. But if it was up to me, I'd have long hair surfing really? every day i'd eat one acai bowl and one poke bowl a day surfing running barefooted on the beach that, that's what i'd be doing i would never step foot in a weight in a fitness gym if it were up to me but since i live in utah i go to the gym do? like everybody else you know, do all the typical stuff and try to try to look reasonably like professional somewhat you know well you have to because you're a school because you're a an authority, your teacher. Mm, that's right. See, I don't want to be party just in the back and business on top. I want to be party <laughs> from top to bottom. But I guess that ship sailed. I'm too old, you guys. I'm too old to get a, a tattoo now. I've never had one up to this point. So You really don't have any tattoos. I don't Even have any I tattoos. Have a tattoo. You know, well, my my wife, when we got married, I was like, hey, can that's I? True. You know, I had this family crest for my, my family in Samoa. Like, there's this print, right? And uh, I was like, what do you think about me getting the sleeve? She's like, that ship sailed, man. <laughs> She's like, don't be that guy. And I was like, dang it. I'm like, I'm too old. She's like, yes. Yeah. I'm like, all right. It's true. Because I had a couple of good buddies in my mind. They started getting like full body tattoos, like, you know, in their 40s. I'm like, She's like, just go buy a muscle car. I'm like, okay, that's a good point. Yeah, good idea. Good I idea. could trade that, right? No disrespect to all the people out there that got your 40-year-old tattoos. Just for me, <laughs> it would be looking like I was trying too hard. So. Well, anyways, maybe, but for now I'm just growing my hair out, slicking it back with lots of grease. That's good. I, you know, I hadn't even noticed. You hadn't noticed? No, I wasn't even asking you about your haircut. Well, if I wore a leather jacket in here and a gold <laughs> chain with the Jesus piece on yes, the front, you would, you would have yeah. noticed that. That I would have noticed yeah. immediately. I would have been like, David is bedazzling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tell you what, man. I used to. I, hey, you ever watch Friends out there? How you doing? You know? <laughs> I used to have some of the how you doing in me back in the day. Really? Yeah, a little bit. I, I, as I've said in this podcast, I believe before, I, when I was younger, I never met a mirror I didn't like. Let's put it that way. 
What year did so, you graduate from high school? I graduate. We're we really going to do this we're right gonna now? Do we're going to do it. Gonna let's just do it because I just had a birthday. So let's just. I graduated in 2002. 2002. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, oh, I was like, wait, no. And then I was like, 90. I graduated from high school. 1992. 1992. I'm freshly 47 years old. Because I graduated in 1990. Oh, well, shit, you would have hazed me. Yeah. You'd have been one of those senior girls that thought she was too good, for, too my, cool for school. My point is that I just don't, you guys, here's the thing. I don't think that me and David would have been friends. No. In high school. No. Definitely not. Definitely not. So, <laughs> so Definitely. We really unless you liked, unless you liked letting football players I cheat needed, off of you I for a test, a we would not have been friends in my life to become friends with you. That's really. true. Unless <laughs> unless you felt, unless you, Brandon. unless you like looked in the corner like, look at that poor football player. It looks like he's had a lot of concussions. He looks dumb as a box of <laughs> dirt clods. I'm gonna let him borrow my notes and cheat off my test to you know help him know out. If I was confident enough in I'm my just test. kidding. So I didn't. Anyway, I didn't technically cheat off of girls' tests. They just helped me study. I just needed a team of people to help me study because it was not a. In in college, you can't even cheat. You got to yeah, know what you're it's doing. It's true. It's true. You right? The to elementary cheat. high school. Hey, look. Let me check out your paper. You couldn't do that in college if you didn't have comprehension. <laughs> know what the hell you're doing? It's like, how do you cheat in statistics when you can't even like show the work? Well, they don't make the football players actually do work, do they? college well i didn't go to alabama okay i didn't go to usc with all due respect to those programs they have been known in the past to flirt with the line of you know illegal helping you know but yeah so no i i went to the university of utah i was a full ride scholarship there they did not pay me under the table to play there they don't do that in those schools so all we right, actually had to go to right. school we and oddly enough when you're in college you're gonna have professors that love you or hate you and i'm telling you Maybe other sports that might love you. I didn't find too many professors that love football players, and I don't blame them. Yeah, it's true. I don't blame them. That's why I made it a point to go to class wearing nothing that said University of Utah football. Nothing. I, I tried to look as little like a football player as possible because <laughs> I just wanted to blend in. I did not want to be stigmatized as someone that, you know, is just taking advantage of of all of all the resources of the school. You know, you know what I loved about the U? This is really random. Sorry, yeah. guys. What I loved about the U is that you could totally wear socks with your Tiva sandals. No questions asked. It's <laughs> just never. You, like you could, could. You could. Like I, I wouldn't went to advise BYU. it. I went to BYU for a little while. There was none of that. You you could not get away with that. But you went up to the U. You wore your socks and sandals. Nobody even. So is that how you guys rebelled at BYU? Yeah. You wore socks with Tiva sandals. Yeah. That's that's why Tell we wouldn't what. have been friends, probably. No, no. For <laughs> what you were striving for, I'd be talking to a girl. I'd be like, oh, she's she's nice. She's attractive. I'd be talking to her like eye contact, and then all of a sudden, I, you know, I'm just like, oh, she's wearing a nice sundress. She's got a good style. And my eyes would go down and look at her feet, and she'd have Tiva sandals on, <laughs> with like a really pretty sundress on and socks. And I got to tell you guys, you guys coming from the wool beach. Wool socks. Wool, wool socks. Because yes. they breathe, apparently. Yes, they don't sw- much they, better. They swick or whatever. Um, and so I wick, remember the first time. Wick. Swick. Wick, swick, whatever. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw this girl, and I was like, she was, she was a friend of mine. So I asked her, I'm like, can I ask you a question? I'm like, you're from Utah, right? She's like, yeah, how'd you guess? Like, lucky guess, right? <laughs> and I'm like, what's up with the sundress and the sandals? And she kind of gave me like one of those like, mullet like party on the top you know like you know, or party in the back and business on top she's like well you know 
It's like you can still be pretty and like, you know, and like just feel pretty and, and ready to be outside. But you could go on a hike if just yeah. if it just spurred up out of the moment. Just you just go off road and just Yeah, like just that. like and I just I remember looking at her going, So you wanna wear a sundress with sandal boots on yeah. just in case you need a hike and yeah. I never understood it because you know I'm from the beach and where I was from I mean socks and sandals you basically just screamed hey I'm a tourist take advantage of me right you know, like right. I will overpay for things that I don't need to overpay for <laughs> so having said that uh, the University if, of Utah did allow guys, people to dress like that I would have not you guys suggested can relate to any of these things that these are all 90 yeah, problems you know. <laughs> hey when I was in the 90s when I first got here I was rocking Jerbo jeans oh yeah okay of course you were that were yeah. pegged, uh, that you were, you know, rolled up. Oh, just... they had to be flexible for me to dance in them, you know. Oh, dancing. Hey, man, I came from that MC Hammer era. Wow. See, again, this is more reason why <laughs> David and I went to be friends. So. Right, so what? what's the podcast about? Fashion, pop culture. Oh, no, feelings. Okay, we're way off topic right now. <laughs> so what, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about there's a holiday coming up. Father's Day. No, before that. Oh, before that. Mother's Day. Oh, Mother's I almost Day. forgot. Yes. No one ever forgets Mother's Day. We were talking before. And I'm like, Father's Day's in July. You're like, it's June. I'm like, exactly. That's my point. <laughs> Nobody knows when Father's Day is. You know, there, there's just so many fun memes about Mother's Day, too. It's particularly the memes that are coming from women's clothing boutiques right mm. now on social media. And they're all so true. Like... You know, all I want for Mother's Day is for all of you to leave and never talk to me for the entire day. Mm. Or, <laughs> mm. um, so all the memes are what moms think but don't really want to say because yeah. they'll be pegged as a bad and mom. I'm going to just be honest with you. I can really feel that. I think on Mother's Day, I don't know why you naturally like have this feeling that you want to be left alone. If you're going to celebrate me, leave. Mm. Like it's – you're just – you're tired. You you don't want to do anything. You don't even want to spend the energy to appreciate people trying to make you burnt toast for in your bed, you know, or, or anything like that. Like just the effort of trying to accommodate people trying to be nice to you is tiring. So you're saying perfect Mother Day for Heidi Swap, Mother's Day for Heidi Swap would be a tropical beach in a different country. Yes. So that it's not even celebrated. You can just enjoy the day. Not even talked about. Gotcha. Which is terrible because, you know, our greatest joy. Well, it sounds like you're coming from a, a mom that had a lot of Mother's Days that went awry. It did not go. Is that is that how you think it went awry? I don't well, know. I don't think it's the Mother's Day that went awry. I think it's the 364 days mm-hmm. of repeatedly. I'm not going to talk about the towels, but you know other things. Yeah, this like, it's a day off. Do. Like the holidays, a day off. Yeah, you're like, a, yeah okay. You so like get it. just that's what. It what about a good like brunch though? Could you handle brunch? Well, I mean. Some crepes, maybe? I would just like to sleep in. Okay. okay. That's the ultimate. So any man who's listening, husband, father, son, daughter, anyone who has a mother, leave her alone. This is my, this is my <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. What if not all mothers, <laughs> do, what if not all moms want to be left alone? Some, some dad's like, Roger that, Heidi. Okay, I was listening to this podcast and it said to leave you alone on Mother's Day. Chime in. You realize you're telling dads to, to, they don't have to do anything for their wives on Mother's Day. I want to know. 
She yet. may not represent all moms what they know, want for Mother's Day. But if I'm the only one, I can't be. I can't possibly be the only one. So send us your message. Well, hey, I'm not a mom, so I, I got no. Mother's Day, like what you would love. Your mother. That's I can tell you what my know. wife. We need a studio I can tell, audience. I can tell you what my wife would like right now, Mother's Day. Beautiful sunny day. I mean, obviously we're here in Utah, so, so we can't. So 50-50. Yeah, but beautiful sunny day. <laughs> it could be sunny or, or snowing on, on May 10th or 9th, whatever it is. But beautiful sunny day, nice breakfast, just lounge around the house. And, you know, what she would have really liked is waking up and the house be cleaned. So my, my wife would really There's, like if I cleaned everything, did everything, it's all taken care of. So she can wake up and not have that anxiety. Yes, you know, have some food, have some breakfast, and then go on a nice hike with the wife, with with the kids and, and and the dog. Like that, that would be like just going to hike up in the mountains. Like that would be perfect for her. Something just mellow, chill. You know, um, so I guess her left alone would be more left alone from like work and clients, like responsibility. Left alone yeah. from responsibility. Yeah. I bring this up. But some of you may want. Uh, a margarita at 8 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. Some of you may have a different envision of a perfect Mother's Pack Day. Pack your bags and go to your friend's house. There you go. No. No. Uh, that, it's, that's probably terrible for me to say. But I think that one of the things I thought maybe we could talk about just a little bit is kind of like parenting fatigue. No such thing. <laughs> what do you do when you're literally exhausted <laughs> as a parent? I'm just looking up like, oh, that's a joke, right? <laughs> what, what do you do? I mean, <clears throat> I've been in, I've been in the place, and and I'm happy to say right now, May of 2021, I don't have like mass amounts of anxiety and worry and concern about one of my children um but i've been in that place where it's like co this constant worry fear anxiety overwhelmed feeling of is is my kid gonna be okay or, you know and it could it could be from anything. It could be from a child who has behavioral issues. It can be from a child who is suffering from being left out of a friend group to maybe a child who is struggling with mental illness to a child who's just failing out of school. Well, this is starting to make more sense because what I get what you're really saying is that you're saying like, I want to have a Mother's Day right now in my life where I don't have to save anyone. I don't have to rescue anyone. I don't have to be on high, like, re, 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 like alert, and I can just be. Right. I mean, does that, ex does that exist? Well, no, I mean, it sounds like right now you got your best shot in 2021 of that happening in recent good. years, I'm feeling, right? I'm feeling yeah. pretty good. But there's always, there's always something. Um, I am thankful that at this moment, even though there has been hard things happening, I feel like our relationships are in a place that we're dealing with things up front. Well, and, and you're also having a different type of parenting fatigue because you're parenting your parents. Yes, I am. And that's like a whole different thing. That's I mean, like a, 
Well, it is a different type yeah. of anxiety, but but do, I mean, think about how fortunate you are to have gone through all this stuff with your family, not at the exact same time while dealing this with your parents. It's almost like a perfect, in the sense like your parents are going to have this time of their life, your kids are going to go through their times in life. So to have the opportunity to focus on your kids and give your energy there. Things are stable and good place there. So now you have the time and energy to focus on your parents. It still is um, caregiving. Parenting is fatigue. So if whether you're taking care of your parents, whether you're taking care of your kids, there's an obvious fatigue that comes from that. And that type of fatigue, if not checked, you know, the, the self-care, the, the the basic daily things that you do for yourself get press, get pushed off the side because you're thinking that what you need to do when I say you, meaning people out there, when we're showing up to really troublesome situations, we're going in it with that fight or flight, like I have to handle this, I have to gear up and I have to take care of my parents or I have to take care of my kids going through a difficult situation. But we end up being there a lot longer than we planned on being there. And so that's the fatigue that, that we want to talk about today is that how do you like how do you see this as the marathon that it really is? Because everyone hopes that it would just be Wham, bam, I'll take care of a couple situations. I'll wash my hands clean and I'll be done. We'll be moving on to the next one. Let's go out, get some ice cream. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk, talk it out. Yeah, but as your kids get older, you know, ice cream doesn't solve everything. Um, when you have to deal with real end of life stuff like I did with my parents and that you're dealing with your parents, we're talking about do we have them stay at the home or, you know, do you get hospice? Do you, do you check them in somewhere to live for residential? Like all these major life decisions that, that you're making we all want them to be just decisions we can make and then move on to the next one. But we're there, like I said, a lot longer than anticipated. So it's hard to readjust to um, how do we get used to the situation and still take care of ourselves so that we don't get overly fatigued. Because to be fatigued from doing hard things, that's to be accepted. But if you're going to be there for a while doing difficult things in your caregiving and your parenting, then it's going to be helpful to plan to be able to deal with the fatigue that's just part of what you're doing. Like there's going to be obvious fatigue with it. So we want to talk about that and, you know, just kind of throw our, our insight and info into the hat for all, all of you out there that are feeling that, you know, it's coming towards the end of the school year for many people that have, um, oh, oh. carpool. Crap. Okay. You're going to miss the somebody, carpool. I hope somebody's picking up the carpool. <laughs> <laughs> little late on the carpool. Like, yeah, they've been at the school a long time. Where no, at night, no so. it's from dance. Oh, from dance. You need to text someone real quick? No, I'm just going to I'm just, gonna just put this on airplane mode. <laughs> oh, just hope and they downloaded they the updated version of the Uber app. Okay. Guys, <laughs> um, so yeah, so, I have parenting fatigue right now. <laughs> so we just want to talk about that a little bit um, for, like I said, for all you listeners that are, you know, some of you may just be looking towards the summer, just like get to the end of the summer, get to the end of the summer. But this is the time where we can cut a lot of corners. Um, it's easy for when our kids have the end of the year coming up for them to be stressed, for us to want them to finish strong. But it's also like, you know, because we're all humans, it's easy for us to easily just go, you know, it's almost done. It's like, you know, they, you know, if they're getting bad grades, the you know, they're going to get bad grades, you know. You know, take your foot off the grass, gas, or maybe go really hard and affect the relationship by pushing your kids too too far to try to make a miracle out of the end of the school year. When in reality, 
You know, they, they didn't achieve the grades or what they would expect or you would have expected for the school year. Now, that may not be for everybody. Some people, your kids may be doing really good in school and that's not a problem, but there might be behavioral challenges. You know, there might be worries and concerns about the summertime that you're that you're thinking about. So whatever it is that's causing you fatigue in your parenting, we're just going to give you a couple ideas and thoughts of, you know, how you can make sure that you manage you know, your situation to the best of your ability because fatigue, okay, being tired is normal. Being fatigued is when it goes a little bit past being tired. And if we're living in that area, it's like living in the red. You know, so you're, you're just running on empty hoping you don't run out of gas. One of the emotions that kind of comes out in, in my mind from a really fatigued situation, well, I'm going to tell you two emotions that I have experienced in what I see. The first one is resentment. And then the second one that comes real quick is the guilt for being resentful. <laughs> and it almost, it's like a Google. It's like, it's just like when, you know, you, you get knocked down and then you get kicked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, I don't know. I mean, Let's talk about that. What what do you what do you tell a parent um, when this fatigue has gotten to the point where, <coughs> where they're mad? Well, uh, similar to like what we talked about a couple weeks ago in regards to resentment, um, you know, I I don't know what things happen have to happen in someone's life for them to to put this together. Um, lot, usually it's a lot of different life experiences, but oftentimes our ego doesn't want us to acknowledge when we've been beat, acknowledge when we don't have the answers, acknowledge when we're doing something doesn't work or it's not effective, like efficient. And, you know, you know, we all have an ego. We, we all want our way of, you know, parenting or our way of doing things to be right because it'd just be a lot easier if just everything that we put our time and effort into just paid off finally. Um, one of our, you know, our workshop and, and a lot that we've done here at Light the Fight has been talking about, you know, updating your parenting app. And if if you think of parenting like a constant app, it, it's there's always updates. And if you forget to update your app, on any app for that matter, it starts getting bugs, doesn't work, um, and it gets all glitchy, right? So, you know, the company, out of the goodness of their heart, because they want you to continue to use their product, they say, you know, we've made some refinements, we've made some changes, and now we're going to upload these changes or give you a chance to upload these changes so you can now benefit from this application. And very similar with parenting, um, you can benefit so much in your life from having an updated parenting app. Um, our technology with, with what our kids and our teenagers and even us as adults in our lives are, are giving us are lots of amazing, entertaining, um, lots of helpful tools. But it's also giving us lots of pressure and lots of stress to perform seven days a week and constantly be on. And you better respond to your, this email. Yeah, in to five this minutes, email, this we, text. Because everyone knows you yeah. have your phone with you. Yeah. So, so when when there when 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 you think about like parenting fatigue, it's not just the parenting that's adding to the fatigue. There's so much that parents have to do, um, and some some of you parents out there listening, 
maybe like my my parents were they're actually grandparents they'd already raised a full family now they're doing it again some of you may have adopted you know and and uh you know like again in my situation and you find yourself saying man like i have more knowledge i have more wisdom i don't have the energy to do it or maybe you're a young parent saying i have all the energy in the world I just don't have the patience <laughs> or like the insight and understanding, like how to help my kids in this particular way. So um, when when I'm talking to, to parents, like in my own private practice that are just really burned out, I stop everything else we're doing and we focus on that for a little while. Mm-hmm. And here's the reason why we focus on that is because it doesn't matter what your kids are struggling with. It doesn't matter what's going on with your job. It doesn't matter, you know, all these other things you have to juggle. If you're burned out and completely fatigued, not to sound corny, not only are you not going to not show up effectively, okay, but what's going to happen is you're going to make it worse. You're going to say things that you have to later apologize for your kids. Or if you don't apologize, that makes it even worse if you just act like, hey, I want you to be accountable for things that you say that are mean, but I don't have to come back and apologize to you for things that I say that are mean. So for all you burnt out parents out there, when I'm counseling families and I see that the parents are just like, I'm done, I give up. And they come in the office right away, throwing their hands up, I done, I give up, I give up. I'm like, okay, well, tell me exactly what's different about your situation right now that's caused you now to want to give up. It's usually nothing half as difficult as they've been through in the past. But now they, for some reason, they had in their mind that I'm, I'm capable of doing this fight or this challenge for this amount of months. Well, now it's past that. And I mentally wasn't prepared because 10 years ago when I first had kids, I always said like, I would help them this much, but I won't go anything past that. Well, 10 years ago, you didn't even, your 10 year old self, like your 32 year old self, couldn't consult with your 42 year old self, right? And couldn't say like, you're like a lot of people, you know, at 22, like, I wanna have this job. I wanna retire when I'm, 50 and you know work from home in my pajamas and make 10 grand a month and like they have all these things right and then 10 years later you're working a basic job making basic money saying how come that doesn't really work out so well because our younger selves don't really have a realistic expectation of how much energy it's going to take to have a successful partnership marriage job and to be successful in parenting and have good relationships with your kids so when parents come in and they just start throwing up their hands they're checked out I stop all counseling in regards to we're not going to work on anything that day with their kids. We're not going to role play. We're not going to have conversation with their kids. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to let them just vent out everything that they're frustrated about, everything that they feel like just resentful towards, that they're angry, that they couldn't control. And then once they get through all those different types of things, I ask them to ask themselves a question. And it's usually a question like this. What did you expect having like let's say you got three kids three kids running your own business doing this doing that and i, I just label all the things in life said what did you expect was going to happen when you worked all your life to be able to balance and manage all these things what do you th- what do you think was going to happen with your energy did you think it was just going to magically like refuel itself every single day usually people say no and then we start looking at all the things that they've neglected for their own personal self throughout that week and that month. And then I tell them, said, I will, I, a couple times I'd tell parents, I'm like, I will no longer give you advice and help you with your kids 
in this particular situation, now these aren't life or death situations I'd say this in, right? In this particular situation, until you put some of your own skin on the table. Can't tell you how many times parents will bring their kids and say, my kid's suicidal, depressed, fix them, fix them. And then the kid's like, my parents are depressed, my parents are sad, my parents are unhealthy physically, mentally, and emotionally. And the parents say, oh yeah, but you know, like that's just, that's not what we're here for. I'm like, no, that's exactly what we're here for. So you're telling your kid that they need to burn the candle at both ends and do all these things and perform at a high level, but they also have to take care of themselves, get good sleep, exercise, eat well and stuff like that for them to maintain that. But you're, you're, you're exempt. Like you don't have to deal with those types of things. So it happens quite frequently where we have to change the direction of the counseling from the kids needs to the parents needs. So if you're getting exhausted as a parent, that means that I'm using this as a metaphor. It means you may need counseling more than your kids. And I don't mean counseling like psychological psychotherapy counseling. I mean like good counsel. Uh, what are you doing in your life right at that particular moment that's burning your resources? And I see this happen with parents that when their kids are constantly in very difficult situations, as soon as their kid's situation starts to even out, starts to calm down, it's not like in your situation, it's not like really life-threatening or anything like that, the parents are kind of at a loss. Sometimes the parents don't really know what to do with themselves. They're like, okay, well, who else do I need to save? What else do I need to do? And I'm always like, you, save you. <laughs> like look in the mirror, that person that had to survive just to make sure that your kids survived. Now you got to go back and you got to make sure because if you're getting your kids up to a high level of physical, mental and emotional well-being and you're not taking that next step with them, then what was all that work for? Like, why would you work so hard for your kids to sail off in the sunset for you to drown in the ocean? Like that, that wouldn't make any sense. But a lot of times that's what happens. We get so as the parental figures, we get so busy, folks on, I got to pay bills. I got to do this. I got to do that. Everything is a constant, I have to do this. And I'm not talking about just like, you better take good care of yourself. Go get a manicure, go get a massage. All those things are good. But I'm saying fundamentally, what are the things that you had to neglect or you had to say, I can't deal with this for myself because I have to put all my effort into these other people in my life? Now you got to go back and you got to reevaluate that. So just like updating your parenting app, if on your parenting app, you are not on your to-do list, that app ain't going to update. Well, and it's interesting because you do think... Did that make sense? Yeah, how it, with it? Yeah. probably a little too much sense, frankly. <laughs> Almost like this is personally like, coaching for one Heidi Swap. I don't really want to admit that out loud, but it it does make a lot of sense because I think that when in our culture, when we say, oh, you know, you need some self-care and you think to yourself, okay, well, yeah, I really do need a haircut. I need to cut in the color and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get a manicure and a pedicure and, and then I should feel great. Like, I'm going to be refreshed and I'm going to feel great and I'm going to go back and have all this energy to conquer the world. But then the problem is you go get your hair done and you get your nails done and you still <laughs> come home and you feel tired and exhausted. And so putting yourself on your to-do list isn't just to take a day off and, and primp. It's really it's really making yourself a priority, which is really yeah. hard to do as a, 
as a mom and all the things that you said but i it it's so easy to see that you're not doing anybody any favors when you're just not able to show up well yeah i mean one thing that if you guys didn't know this i'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news but <laughs> you're always the bearer of bad news i mean i i assume people just kind of intuitively know this and I, and I always say this to people, and it's funny. There's things I do with teenagers, things I do with parents, and I'll throw this out there, and everybody goes, yeah, yeah, that's me. I, I'm that kind of person. Everybody says that they're this kind of person. Okay, right? can't wait. The few people who say that they're not this kind of person, they got other issues. Okay, so this is very normal to say this, right? <laughs> okay, okay. So I'll be talking to someone, and I'll be acknowledging, like, let's say a burnt-out parent. We'll stop a session and I'll be like, let's talk about the stuff you're struggling with. So they're, they're talking about what's making them burnt out. And then then I'll explain to them. I'll say all these things that you need to do to refuel yourself and energize yourself. I said, what if your kid came to you and said, these are the things that I need to be happier and healthier? What would you do to support them and help them with that? Oh, I would take them to that class. I would do this. But, 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 but they like. You know, anyone listening to this podcast would do a lot for their kids if their kids acknowledged and said, hey, you know, like mom and dad, like, what do you think I, I could do to be happier? What do you think I could do? And would you help me with that? And if you gave them advice and they're open for, for you to help them, you would jump on it, be Johnny on the spot. Let's do it. Let's do it. However, most people for themselves will not do those same things. Most people will say, I'm better at caring for these other people. I'm bad caring for myself. Do you realize part of the reason why medication, not the only reason why, but part of the reason why medication wouldn't be, if it's a cancer thing, mental health thing, whatever, is not as effective as it could be, is because people don't pick up their medication from the pharmacy. Or they pick up their medication and they rarely take it the way it's supposed to be taken. The day-to-day -day self, like I'm going to invest myself, I'm going to invest myself. For many people, it's not that it's hard. It's, it's not a priority. Like they can devalue and take their time with themselves. But if their loved one or someone that they want admiration from or someone that they want to impress needs them, bing, they're up out. Like think if you see with your kids, because, what because they'll do for their friends. Like, like you have your kids like... You know, your kid's not good at math or their best friend says, hey, you know, Susie says she needs help with her math homework, so I'm going to go over there. I'm going to stay up all night with her and help her. And you're like, hey, first of all, you're not good at math. I couldn't pay you to do your what math you homework. do your math? Why would you do that? Because Sydney needed that. So if we always, if human beings mostly naturally have this instinct to care for other people. It's purpose, but right? We, it exactly. You, it gives you purpose. Exactly. But we're really struggling caring for ourselves. Then this is a notification. If you're being fatigued, you're put on notice. And the notice is, from my perspective, and the notice is that you are doing something regularly and habitually and repetitively to benefit your kids and other people's lives, all while neglecting the things that will benefit you being able to show up for their lives more impactfully and with more energy. So this is the question... Um, I want all of our listeners to ask your family members and your loved ones. This is what I would do in my therapy practice, right? When I'm talking to parents, parents that are burned out after they vent and stuff like that, I'll bring their kids in. I say, here's what we're going to do. 
I go, uh, you know, so your mom and dad here, little on the cuckoo, cuckoo, <laughs> little, on the, little on the, like, they're barely holding on side. I've never had a teenager go, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Dave. My parents are totally sane. They usually look at me and look at them like, am I allowed to be honest? Or like, am I in the circle of trust here? Can I be honest? And so here's what I do. I ask the parent, whether it's in my office or tell them to go home. I said, if you have lived enough life where you're ready for the thing you've always asked your kids to be ready to give, then it's your turn. You're ready for the truth. Are you ready for the truth? Because if you're ready for the truth and being ready for the truth isn't mean you can handle someone telling you the truth. That means you're asking them to give you insight and information to help you with your life. Okay. So if you're ready for the truth, listeners out there, go home to your family, your friends, your close people, specifically if you got kids and ask them, say, listen, I don't know if you noticed this. I was like people to joke around a little bit. I don't know if you noticed this, but... I've been a little short-tempered lately. Um, I don't know if you noticed, I've but... I've been crying in my little, room. <laughs> little, I've been melting down. Or, you know, maybe if you're a dad, like, I don't know if you noticed lately, I've been extra grumpy and, you know, an a-hole <laughs> lately. You know, and, and you know, you're definitely going to get their attention when you start off a conversation like this. They'll be like, okay, I'm listening. Like, where's yeah. this going? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but if you were to say, listen... Did you read my text? Yeah. If, if, <laughs> if you were to say, listen, I don't know if you noticed, but I've been noticing... And then just just confess. I've been noticing I've been short-tempered. I've been this. I've been tired. I've been this, and that, and this, and that. My whole, your whole entire life, I've been pointing out to you all the things that you need to do and you should do to be happy and successful. But now I need your help. You don't have to say everything right now, but could you think, what are a few things that, from your perspective looking at me, that if I were to work on, if I were to, if I were to do, it could be basic, simple things that I'd have more energy um, things that you notice when I do these things, I'm in a better mood. Like you see me in ways I don't see myself. So what are some of the things that you would suggest I work on, I do, and, you know, get the habit of doing? Do your clients do this? If my clients don't do, if my clients don't do what I suggest they do. They don't get to be your clients anymore. Well, no, I, I'm not going to say they don't get to be my clients anymore. It ain't going to work. And so we, we just... At that point, as you know, at that point, I've had them try. By the time I'm having a client try this, I've done some crazy things, meaning like I've suggested crazy things and it worked in crisis situations. So they have to give it a shot. Like I have my, I have some of my clients that I've known for so long. I have them in such a vulnerable situation and they know it because they know that I know where all the bodies are buried. I'm like, you're not going to do this, but you did that thing that I told you six months ago. And they're like, yeah, you got a good point there. Like I, I have too much info on them. Like right. I can definitely manipulate that situation right. to get them to try these things. But this but is it's what, hard. It's hard yeah, but you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. to go to your client, that's why I said everyone's in different places in their life. Like some people are like, I'm fatigued, I'm tired. But you want to talk about it or you want to be about it? You want to really do something about it? Don't just come up with your own, you know, like, well, I should probably just, you know, with all due respect, I'm just making fun of certain things. Well, I should probably just focus on better self-care. Well, that would be a good idea, but how are you going to follow through with self-care when you don't have enough energy to care? Right? We've talked about this before. It's like, I've talked to so many people like, I'd focus on self-care, but I, I don't have enough energy to care. I'm just too tired to care, right? Yeah. So if you go to your kids and your kids say, mom, and talking about you, Heidi, if you go to your kids and you say this and your kids say, mom, like, I noticed, and they make a couple jokes and cracks at you, 
and you say, okay, okay, yeah, this, no, but I'm being dead serious. Like, seriously, like, what's something that would really help me? Like, tell me something to help me. I'm asking for your advice. They will sit up straighter and they'll notice, oh, she's being serious? Okay. Well, I have noticed that, like, when I see your light upstairs, like, late at night, I kind of notice the next day, like, you're not in the best mood and we don't get home-cooked meals. You know what I'm saying? Like, for some reason, when she's up till 4 a.m., <laughs> no one's getting that smell when they're coming in the house, right? Like, there's connections here. And these things that they can see, this is how, this is a hack to trick yourself to do things because if you're a person that would do things for your loved ones, then you need you to go to ask right. them to tell them to give you suggestions. Right. But you have to be ready for this because some of the things they say – I've had parents do this and this was their response to their kids. And I'm like, time out. Like you're, you're almost kicked out of the game, right? <laughs> they would say, well, what no, do you think I should do? This one smart aleck teenage boy, he's being very honest, but in a smart aleck way, he said, well, mom, you should stop uh, eating so much sweets. And she goes, what? I don't have sweets. Like I've been on a diet this size. Like mom, I found your stash last week. And she's like, what are you talking about? This happened in a session. I didn't know what was going on. I'm sitting here going, wait, what stat? I'm like, what are we talking about? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, what's going on here? He's like, well, uh, you know how you hid my cell phone from me, mom, this week because I lost it? She's yeah, well, I'll admit, I was going through your stuff looking for my cell phone. I wanted to check it. And I found a box of goodies. And she goes, oh, well, those weren't mine. It's like, mom, you're the only one in our house that eats Little Debbie's. <laughs> and it was a shoebox full of them. And she, Wait, moms are all like, I have a stash. She <laughs> put her head down and I'm sitting there looking at this young man and I'm like, looking at him. And I look over at her. If you see this on, on YouTube, I'm like, look over at her. I'm like, and she like put her head down and wouldn't make eye contact with me. I look back at him. I'm like, okay, this just got interesting. All right. I'm like, and she was like, and her natural reaction, well, that's not mine. And I'm like looking at her she, and even her teenage son was like, oh, so that's what I look like when I'm lying. It was so obvious. It was just a frantic. She started breathing heavy. And I just looked at him like, okay, let's, we triggered a lot of shame here. Obviously <laughs> triggered something here. And she got really rattled, rattled her cage. I said, okay, calm down. I'll say, I go, so. Right. Because the, tr because the truth. And then it was like, why were you looking through my stuff? Because I was looking through my phone. She goes, you're looking through your phone. I said, time out, time out. I'm like, let's get back to why are we asking this? Why are you telling her this? She's like, mom is like, you shame yourself so much about how much you don't like the way you look in your clothes. And this was something that was her, an issue of her. Yeah. She admitted it, right, before. And he goes, you didn't want me. He had an eating disorder, meaning like he would like eat maybe one meal a day, right? Very slender. He goes, you're always getting mad at me. You need to eat. You need to eat. You need to eat. I said, mom, I don't see it's much different. It's just that you're eating in secrecy alone because you feel ashamed that if you eat that, that we're going to look at you differently that you failed your diet. And mom, it's like, I'd rather you eat that out and open because I'd worry less about you if you're eating snacks in front of us than I would if you're doing it in the closet by yourself. Hmm. That worries me about you, mom. So by the time the end of the conversation was done, there was a lot of tears. She did not want to. It was like she was exposed. She didn't plan on it. She was like, we're here for you and your depression, your eating disorder. What does that have to do with me? She almost left the room. Luckily, she was in it for the long haul. She stayed there, broke up a lot of tears. It took a lot of other counseling sessions. But what her son saw at that, that moment that he needed to be gentle with mom 
He needed to quit making fun of her about eating because he. the joke in the family was, oh, what, what diet are you trying this week? So she was being made fun and mocked in her family for failing diets over and over again. So she's like, I can't be honest with anyone. I have to be in secret about it. And so after that conversation, they came up with a, good, a couple of good ideas because he had already struggled with having eating issues, even though his were different, that he was able to talk to mom. Mom felt less shame because son related to her. Mm. Their relationship was able to take a different turn and mom started to make some progress for herself simply because it was really for her son, not for her. I mean, I, I can tell you, so you guys know that I have a, a daughter serving a mission and, um, you know, the way it works now. And she's never triggered you with eating oh, or never. body image or anything like that, right? Never? <laughs> Never triggered. She's not a young woman in good shape and dancing all the time <laughs> no, and right? looking at you and saying, Mom, what's up? Mom, come on. <laughs> dude, come take yoga with me. Um, but, you know, for the past couple of weeks, she's been reading my letter. She's been, we've been talking. We, we get to talk once a week. And actually, last week's my birthday, so we talked twice. And, and I was telling her some things. And towards the end of our conversation, Yesterday, actually, <laughs> since we're confessing. You're confessing. <laughs> I'm confessing. She's like, Mom, I need, I need to ask you to do something for me. And she, and she said something. And it was hard for me to hear. Probably because I knew she was right. So definitely because you knew she was right? Yeah. Yeah, and I don't even like sitting here admitting that. I don't even, like I hated what she told me that she wanted me to do for her. <laughs> you know, I was just like, oh, man. What, you been out there just learning how to have relationships with people? You've been learning how to help people? So, 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 well, in her defense, she did learn those guilt trips from <laughs> one of the best, right? <laughs> Sweetheart, would you do something for me? <laughs> I know. Would you get good grades, please? I know, please? but you know what? I guess... I guess you're right. I mean, obviously, I am somebody who has not just parenting fatigue, not just work fatigue, not just life fatigue. I just am exhausted. Yeah. And um, I think the last thing that I would want to do is sit down and ask for people's advice about how I, you know, I would rather just take a bath. Well, what you've but learned, what right. you've learned about shame is that shame hides in the darkness. Yeah. So if we don't have to talk about it, we're hoping it'll go away. <clears throat> Doesn't go away. So everyone's going to be protective of the things that they're ashamed of. So when we ask for people to tell us the things that they've seen and they've witnessed would be of help to us, so that we're not so drained, we're not so fatigued. We got to be ready to hear what they say because they're practicing. They're not professional communicators. Your kids and especially your partners and spouses out there, they may say it in the most effed up way. You're like, wait, what did you just tell me to do? Well, quit eating. Like, quit eating? Well, just so much. You're like, Are you idiot. Like, what do you mean? Like, so I've seen a lot of people ask for this help, and the response that they got was, you have to sift through like all the horrible like ways that your family are telling you this and try to look for the little gems and the little nuggets. Oh, so what you're saying is you want me to live longer so you want me to eat healthier so that way I'm in a better mood. 
Yeah, yeah, I guess that's it. I mean, they may not say it as eloquently as that, right. but you really have to look for what are what's the meaning, like like really pay attention to the overall meaning, not just the details of what they're telling you. Okay, because it's hard to hear sometimes. If any of you who are listening just took like a really big deep breath, then you know that this is something you've got to try. Then you're kin to Heidi. <laughs> Well, I mean, think about it. it makes you know, so much sense. It does make a lot of sense. It makes maybe a little too much. If we're running a business, what business do you want to work for? The business that says, we know how to do everything, or the business that says, hey, we need your insight. How could we be better? Because we feel like we're running around like a chicken with the head cut off. We're, we're spending money we need to spend. I mean, how many times have you listeners out there worked for a company that, that you're sitting there going, they're so stupid. Why would they do this? Why they're do so they stupid. This is such an easier way. And you, when you ask the management or the the companies, like, why do you still do it this way? They have answers like, well, you know, it's just, you know, it's a procedure from corporate. And they give you all, you're like, that made no sense. So you're telling me that you don't know why you're doing something that costs more money and takes more time. And you won't listen to the people actually working in the trenches right. to change right. it. So you, nobody wants to work for that company. You want to work for the company that says, hey, listen, we didn't like we don't want to keep on reinventing the wheel. We don't want to say like we know everything and there's nothing else to learn. We need to give you we need you to give us feedback. That's how you get buy-in from your kids. That's how they feel like they're part of the family business and that's also how you as a parent update your parenting app and evolve so that you're caught up with the necessary energy and uh, ability that you need to show up for your kids, to show up for your job, to show up for everything you need to show up. And when I say show up not just like here present show up like show up and actually kick butt take names and at the end of the day it's like hey i was not a perfect parent but i had some wins i was not perfect at my job but i got it done yeah <laughs> well i i feel like i have a lot to think about oh yeah and by the way after you ask your kids this and they give you the feedback absolutely mandatory this will not work if you quickly go into defense attorney mode of the way that you've been doing things if they say oh you should get more sleep well you know i've been trying to get more sleep you don't understand how hard it is see i have a sleep issue so no one wants to hear about it no one wants to hear about your sleep issue no one wants to hear about that look at what they're saying if they're saying sleep is an issue and you know it's an issue gosh if they know it's an issue you know it's an issue then maybe you need to quit telling yourself you've tried everything i'm doing air quotes right i've tried everything there's no way to try everything there's trying everything that you knew to try right you could google a thousand different there's thousands of different things that you could try that you haven't tried yet so taking that feedback without getting defensive and without trying to defend why you're doing it because if your family members give you feedback that could help you and your response is oh i really have to let you know why i'm unable to do those or i've tried that and didn't work then A, you're dismissing them. The whole entire point of this exercise not only did not work, but it actually make, can make it worse now because they're like, sweet, you asked me for my advice. Hey, if you ever ask someone, like like someone asks you for advice, you give it and then they tell you that, that it's not good it, yeah. advice, you're not doing it. And then you're like, why the hell are you asking me for my advice then? <laughs> like, what, the, what are we doing here? Like, what are we doing, right? Sure. So we don't want, even if you don't take your kid's advice, just sit there and sit with them and be like, dang, like, you know what? Gosh, there's a part of me that wants to sit here and say, oh, well, I'm not that bad at it. But, you know, I mean, if you're saying that you've noticed it, then maybe that is something I should take more seriously. Like, just just think well, about it. And the truth of the matter is, even if it's not a fatigue situation, this is how you update your parenting app. Yep. Right. That that is what you do is. You know, just like the corp the companies who make the apps, they ask their people that says, what 
what went wrong. If you, you don't know, do sample groups survey, and feedback. Tell us what we're doing and then then they update it, then they fix it. How many companies spent tons of money on apps that no one likes because they didn't get enough feedback and they didn't, right. they go, well, we like it. And let's see, we're all 10 friends. We like the same thing. So everyone else is going to like it. It <laughs> right. doesn't work. Right. So, you know, maybe as we go into this new season of our lives, this- uh... means spring, winter for us here in Utah. <laughs> it's our yeah. spring, winter. It's yeah. about to snow any day now because it was sunny today. Um, you know, maybe your parenting app, like mine, has like two or three updates. You've buttons. missed a couple <laughs> updates? <laughs> I mean, that could be. I think. So you I mean, need to turn on your notifications yeah, for the updates. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of in that. You guys, I'm in that category. And Give it a what? shot, you guys, I though. Think it's part, Give it a I shot. think it's just part of evolution. If time is passing, then we're needing to evolve. And this is this is really good advice. This is not easy advice. Um, well, the advice is definitely you got to ask for the feedback. Yeah. yeah. And everybody's nervous to ask for feedback, but you get better at asking for feedback and taking feedback. And your kids and family members get better at giving feedback the more you ask for it. If you want your kids to come to you and ask you for help, well, then maybe you should model the same. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> well, we need the right? Is, is, isn't that, I know the math. <laughs> isn't that like a Chinese proverb? It's like, you know, give someone a fish, they eat for a day. Teach them how to fish. Yes. Yes. Eat for a Sensei. lifetime. Sensei. All right, you guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching us. If you're watching us, maybe you're watching us on Patreon. Maybe you're watching us on YouTube. I mean, for sure you're wanting to check out David's hair. <laughs> if, if my else. Donnie Bonaducci hair. <laughs> hey, how you doing? You know what I'm saying? Want to wish all of you guys. Um, we're going into Happy Mother's Day. I want to wish every one of you moms listening, grandmas listening, babysitters listening, teachers listening. I want to wish you a Happy Mother's Day. And before you say the light the fight thing, I just had a great swag thing. Okay. Like sweet. Okay. Let's make leather jackets that pop the collar uh -huh. and on the back says light the F and fight. Hey yo, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, there it is. All right, you guys. <laughs> thanks for letting it thanks for helping us to light the F and fight. There you go. All right. <laughs>